Hello everyone, welcome back to Shield Talk, your number one growing podcast for the Las Vegas Raiders. I am your host, M. Raider, and I'm back, guys. Man, it's been a while since I've said that, huh? Uh, wow. Um, so, uh, your boy here took a two-week layoff and decided to, to just be lazy. You know, I would lie to you guys and say that uh, I was busy doing stuff, but let's be honest here, I've been lazy, uh, worrying about other stuff, and uh, I just... We're back finally. Uh, perfect timing as well. Um, and like, oh wow, it's been a while. So um, I've been fine. I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm still here. Like I said, uh, after I got back home from Vegas, I just been lazy. I just sat on my butt all day, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. I really don't. I just got lazy. Anyway, we're back, guys. We're back here with our training camp special. Fun to say. Um. But we have a lot to catch up on, guys. So the Raiders had to cut from 90 to 80 per the NFL's requirement of pre-camp cuts because of the uh, virus, and they don't want the, because of the fact that they don't want the uh, player uh, 90 players out there because they think it'll spread more, which I think is freaking ridiculous. Anyways, the Raiders had to cut 10 people. So let's um, let's pull up my list here. Excuse me, I know some of the guys that we cut, but I also forgot some of the guys that we cut. All right, so we cut Jordan Brown, who was a defensive bat. No big worry. We cut Paul Butler. Poor Paul Butler. He's been on our practice squad like six times. It'll probably be like two weeks before we bring him back again. <laughs> Too bad he just can't stick, you know? Um, Dominic Ellerby, who I was hoping that with somebody who was somebody that would take Carl uh, Daniel Carlson's job, gone. Sadly, Eric Magnuson, center, gone. Liam McClough, who was, I guess, quote-unquote, competing with Trent Sieg, had no, had no chance. He's gone. Anthony Ratcliffe-Williams, he's gone, receiver. And then, guys, yay! Guess what? The Raiders finally, finally, finally got rid of P.J. Hall. Let's give let's give Mayock and Gruden a round of applause for that one, huh? All right, guys. So I guess I couldn't put the little the little round of applause, but you know we put that little ta-da sound. But oh my goodness, we finally got rid of PJ Hall. This is a guy who I've wanted off this team for the last three years. Ever since that he's walked into that building, I knew he was going to be a bust. I mean, the guy doesn't could care less about football. the The guy doesn't want to play ball. I mean, he's pulling a Vic Beasley right now, you know? You know, he, he just he doesn't want to play ball. Huh. For the last three years, this guy has done nothing for us, literally. He has over three years, right? He's accumulated for one, point, one and a half sacks and 26 tackles. That one sack he got against Denver this year. So, I mean, holy moly. I mean, the guy, is, the guy, the guy clearly doesn't care about football. The guy is a disgrace of a Raider. This guy was ruining our reputation time and time again. I mean, you thought the on-the-field struggles were bad enough. Look at the off-the-field struggles. I mean, this guy, I mean, this guy, holy crap. This guy, oh, dear. This guy, let's just go to some of his, some of his little some of his, some of his little games, okay? Let's, let's start with the, uh, the um, accusations. That somebody said that he was gay. Okay, so back in twenty 
what, 18? Yeah. Um, somebody got, or one of PJ Hall's friends got into the Raider facility somehow, or got in contact with one of the coaches. And basically, they told one of the coaches that this that this guy told one of the coaches that he was going to extort PJ Hall for money because he didn't do the uh, the extra extra with the male with the male friend. Oh my God! And so you know, obviously, the media was going to have a field day with that one. So it basically caused this whole kerplunk with the uh, with the front office and just caused the whole entire mess. I mean, it was just holy moly. And then. You know, now that we're in Vegas, he obviously he's going to get into some trouble with him. So about, I don't know, a month, two months ago, he posted a, a video on his Instagram story. He was drunk. But it was him getting uh, some pleasanties from some bouncers at Hooters. I mean, this guy. And he did it like nothing. He, You know, he had no problem with it. Anyway, the team found out, and they weren't happy. So that's a strike. And then uh, recently... Or even before that, back when we were our last few games in Oakland, he and a friend were gonna go get food, and so they were they were smoking and they were high on something. Anyways, they ended up crashing somebody's car. So I mean, holy moly, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this guy, what a, what a disgrace of a raider! I'm so glad this guy is gone. Holy moly, I oh man. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I, I I oh I I I I woke up I I woke up that day looked at my looked at my phone I just freaking went crazy I was so happy oh my god um and then three hours later <laughs> there was a report that came out that as uh, on Raiders Radio actually Mike Mayock was on Raiders Radio and he told the <clears throat> told the radio station that. Like 30 minutes before he was due to submit the paperwork to release PJ Hall, um, I guess the Vikings called and said, "Hey, we'll offer you a seventh. And obviously, Mayock and Gruden said, "Deal. You know, we better get something out of that lost cause." So he, uh, PJ Hall, goes to Minnesota and fails his physical. He fails his darn physical. PJ Hall goes to Minnesota and fails his physical, and it, the report was that the Vikings said that he was. 38 pounds overweight, and um, it was over the BMI scale, which means like obese. Holy moly! I mean, I mean, we knew weight was one of his issues, one of his many issues. But golly, I mean, yikes, man! So I mean, this guy—he's—he's he's probably done playing football. I don't see him getting a chance elsewhere. And I mean, it's just another one of Reggie McKenzie's little, uh, little dipty doos and uh, you know, mess ups and stuff. And I mean, PJ Hall, you know, I I hate fat shaming you, but buddy, you gotta lose a few. Lose a few. I mean, holy crap, you are you're fat. You are fat. I mean, it's just holy crap. I'm sorry. You know, I don't I don't I don't mean any bad intention, but dude, PJ Hall, if you're listening to this, which I know you aren't, dude, you're fat. Lose a few, bud. Holy moly. Anyways, thank goodness he's gone. Um anyways. Then the Raiders cut Peach. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Mark Lee, and I'm not happy about that one. It made no sense. But then I remembered that hey, we also have guys like Javen Javen White, <clears throat> um, and guys like uh, you know <clears throat> Tanner Muse and Cord Littleton and Nick Witowski ahead of this guy. So I figured that 
I, you know, I was going crazy, but then it made sense. So, I mean, best of luck to you, PJ Hall. Um, there was rumors that he got signed by the Packers, so I'm not so I'm not sure how true those are. But if you did, good luck in Green Bay. Um, in other news, Max Crosby today tested positive for the virus, so that's scary, right? Because you don't know if the team, you know, because I'm pretty sure he's practicing with the whole team, so that's not good. That is not good. And then I'm gonna have a story to share with you guys at the end of the episode. But all right, so now we go into the training camp, the actual training camp special. And um, I'm going to bring up some stats here. Now, these stats are uh, brought to you by my stat guy, Raiders Fans Fields. He was supposed to join the pod today, but um, he had some driving lessons to take care of. So shout out to him for taking care of those priorities first, you know. Um, but he left me with some stats because I asked him to help me out with some stats. So I'm going to go ahead and, I'm gonna go ahead and load those. I'm going to talk about a few positional battles I want to address. Because I think the Raiders have a few to address, obviously. Um, here we go. Um, so, one that I want to address is the uh, quarterback situation. Now, there's no situation, but I know you guys love to stir up the drama between Carr and Mariota. Listen, Carr's going to start, okay? Carr, Carr no doubt, is going to start. Unless, you know, Carr goes down or Mariota just has a freaking hundred... Uh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, just a crazy magical camp. There's no way that Carr is going to lose that job. Now, he could lose it in like in week six, which is obviously understandable, but I don't see it happening for him. Um, I think Carr obviously gets the job there, so there's not much to say there, you know. Obviously, we're going to have Mariota in there on like trick plays and stuff because of the athleticism that Mariota carries, but I, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't see um, that happening. All right, now defensive tackle four, Daniel Ross or Mike Panasuk. And originally, when Mike Panasuk got signed, I was a big fan. He just looked good in, uh, at Michigan State, but apparently, you know, because media is not allowed to train camp this year. Apparently, according to Gruden, Daniel Ross, who we signed from the Cowboys, is um. Getting getting a lot of praise. He's turning a lot of heads, which is great, you know. Um, and I'm happy to hear that. Now, Ross also has a leg up on Panasuk because Ross is a Rod Marinelli guy, and obviously that's going to help his case. Now, if we pull up some of uh, Daniel Ross's stats, because I have no, I had I had uh, never even heard of that Daniel Ross kid, but he started playing in 2017. In 2017, he had. Um, a sack, four solo tackles, two TFLs, and two QB hits. In 2018, uh, which was, oh wait, so he didn't play in 2019. But in 2018, um, he had a sack, 14 tackles, uh, eight assisted tackles, three TFLs, and seven quarterback hits. Huh. So I wonder if Dallas ended up playing him in like the rotation, uh, the rotational 3-4 scheme, like we're looking to do with Collins and uh, Mo Hurst and uh, um, Jonathan Hankins. So uh, that's interesting, and that's great because, you know, we want to bring pressure. And, you know, the Raiders are getting better at pressures every year, so that's good to know. Um, I think Ross wins it 
only because he's turning a lot of heads and because he's a Rodman and Nelly guy. Like I'm saying, a lot of these UDFAs UDFAs are going to have a leg down because of everything that's going on and the fact that they can't be seen by media or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but, I mean, Penisuk is probably going to get cut. I'm going to have to give it to – why was I going to say John Ross? I'm going to have to give it to Daniel Ross. Now, cornerback two, Amukamara or Damon Arnett? Now, Amukamara obviously has a ton going for him, and he probably he has a huge leg up on um, Arnett. Now, I wrote it down here what I was going to say to you guys. And uh, sorry, guys, my computer went to sleep. And um, if we go here. Amokamara is a decent vet presence who can come in on the fly and be a nice plug for whatever he is needed. Yeah, a lot of his coaches praise him for being ready on the fly and always being willing to take whatever role he can. Um, Amokamara was a huge factor on the Bears' defense last year. Four interceptions over the last two years at 31 years old. And, I mean, he's always proving the doubters wrong. You know, he's always going in there with his nose in the playbook and always is always wanting, like, a starting spot. And every year he's got one. You know, he's like all reliable, and his coaches really praise him for that. Um, uh, and like I said, you know, this situation, this season, especially with all the challenges in NFL rookie space, it's clear that Mukamara has a leg up on Arnett. Now, the only reason why I could see Arnett winning it is because of Yost. Uh, the Raiders love those kids' prospects so much that they decided to go up and reach in the draft. Um, you know, Gruden has already said that he won't be afraid to give it to Arnett, but he's got to earn it. Um, I just don't see the Raiders being that comfortable with starting him out there against a guy like... Uh, I'm trying to think. Carolina's receivers. DJ Moore. Somebody like uh, Curtis Samuel or something. I, I just... I, I don't I don't see it. I don't. I don't. It would be nice, but I think that... Uh, Amukamara gets that one. Now, um, I want to talk about the right outside linebacker position battle. Now, we all know who's going to start at left outside linebacker, Corey Littleton, and middle linebacker, Nick Witowski. But we don't know that who's going to start at right outside linebacker. Now, last year it was Nicholas Morrow, and he also did some rotation play. Um, but, uh, you know, Nicholas Morrow is a hot and cold type player. Some games he'll play like a stud, which is true. I mean, some games he'll be boom, 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 all over the field, man. He'll just be all over the place. It's crazy. He'll read the defense like crazy. And most of the uh, read the opposing running backs like crazy. Most of the time, times where he plays good, we end up pulling out a win. Um, you know, like I said, he reads the opposing running backs like clockwork, but. There's just way too many cases, and I don't know you guys see this too, where Morrow's just, like, sometimes he's all over the place and he's lost and he's one of the worst linebackers in coverage in the NFL when that happens. And you see, you know, when he plays bad, he's like running through, he's like running through a, uh, uh, a piece of paper. It's crazy. He just, he sucks. You know, when, he, when he's bad, he sucks, sucks. I mean, he's just, you know, it's awful. Now, the case for Muse, and Muse, his chances look bleak. Because Muse is so raw. I mean, Tanner Muse is really, really raw. You know, there was a lot of draft analysts, and I know some of you guys remember this. There was a lot of draft analysts that were uh, criticizing us to the heavens about us uh, taking uh, Muse in the fist. A lot of people had him going in the seventh round or sixth round. 
But obviously, Mayock and Gruden saw something there, and uh, they went with him. I just, you know, I think of Muse as a project. I don't think that Muse is ready to go quite yet. He's just not. He's really not. I mean, as much as I would like to see him starting out there, uh, Muse isn't ready at all. We got to, we got, you know, he has the tra- the traits to be a, a serviceable NFL linebacker and a good one too uh, in the next three to four years. But right now, he's just not ready. He's not ready at all. He's just not. Um, and so the coaches need to uh, develop him. But um, I, you know, and he'll get on the field because Muse mostly plays safety in Clemson. So he'll get on the field somehow due to his versatility. But I, I think. I think Nicholas Morrow easily runs away with that one. No doubts about it. Um, now, if we go here, let's see here. Let's see here. Give me one second, guys. Okay. All right. Now. I want to talk about Javon White. Now, Javon White was the guy that we signed. Of, he's a homegrown talent out of UNLV who we signed at the very end of the draft, like the like two hours later, two hours after the draft ended. And let me tell you, I was watching some of this uh, kid's uh, tape going into the draft, man. This kid has me excited. I mean, this kid's motor is crazy. It's on a different level. I mean, he loves to play. He's a ball-hawking guy. He's all over the field. His athleticism is going to pull him over the top anytime you want somebody to, you know, you want him to tackle somebody. I mean, he's got it all, you know. He's like a hybrid linebacker. I think of him like a uh, a, a rookie type of uh, Corey Littleton or a um, somebody like uh, an Alec Ogletree, if you will. Uh Javon White's got all the skills. I mean, he plays like a hybrid backer. He's he's amazing. And I I want to talk about him because he he uh, even Gruden said that he's turning a lot of heads. You know, uh, articles on Bleacher Report and uh, NFLTradeRumors.com and a lot of just other NFL pages and fans and stuff have him being the one camp guy that turns heads for the Raiders this season. And I and I can't disagree. I mean, this guy, Javon White. Loves football. I mean, this guy's a dog. And, you know, that's what Mayock and Gruden want. I mean, this guy is gritty. He's, like I said, he plays hybrid backer. I mean, he's really good. I mean, he could even play right outside backer over Moro or even Mews, for that matter, if he plays that good. But Gruden says that he, Gruden really loves this guy. And, I, you know, when Gruden loves you, you got an inside track at that. Uh, I love him too. I, I love watching him. I mean, it, it it excites me. It ignites me. It's like it's he's good. That's what I gotta say. Um, and I want to talk about him because I'm gonna pull up his stats here, and they're actually kind of great for an undrafted free agent. Um, so if we look here, so here we go. Yeah, like I said, he played in U at UNLV. Uh, his freshman year, he had six total tackles. That's it, actually, because he had zeros the rest, the rest of the way. 2017, he got a, a, big, a bit of a bigger role. He had 40 total tackles, 26 solo tackles, 14 assists, uh, one pass deflection, 
And two interceptions. Does that sound like Carl Littleton? I think it does. Uh, 2018, he got even a bigger role. Uh, 24, uh, 24, 74 tackles, 40 solo tackles, 34 assisted tackles, four pass deflections, two sacks, four interceptions. And uh, his senior year, he lit it up. Let's see. He had 79 total tackles, 54 solo tackles, uh, 25 assisted tackles, 10 pass deflections, and one sack. Now, if we compare that to somebody like Muse, let's see. Oh, here we go. Tanner Muse. Um, this season he had 55 to uh, uh, total tackles, 37 solo tackles, 18 assisted tackles, three pass deflections, and no sacks. I mean, I think that Javin White has a bigger, uh, a way better motor than um, Tanner Muse. I mean, I, I honestly think that if we have one undrafted free agent that makes the team, Javen White, and you heard it here first. So I think he makes a team, yes. Now, I actually got some answers from Raiders fans, Phils, and he thinks that Javen White makes a team. He thinks that Panasuk, surprise, surprise, takes the defensive tackle four spot. He also thinks that Amukamara will most likely start at cornerback two for the for the start of the year. Um, week one, quarterback will be Carr without a doubt. And now, uh, my last battle that I really want to dive into is wide receiver six. Now, the Raiders already have a lot of receivers. But I already know they're going to want that one Z-factor guy, you know. And I think there's three guys vying for the position. Um, Zay Jones, Keelan Doss, and Mar Marcel Aitman. So, obviously, if I had to pick who has a leg up, I'm going to say Zay Jones only because he and Carr have been working out the whole offseason. I mean, they just, you know, Carr's got him going. You know, they rented out a field somewhere in Vegas at a high school. And, I mean, they, you know, you always, you know, you see those 30-second clips that Carl likes to upload on YouTube. They're, they're, they got some chemistry going. It's exciting to see. Um, so here's Zay Jones' stats. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, here's here's Doss. Well, actually, we'll start with Jones, okay? So 2019, he played 15 games. He had 27 receptions for and, and 206 yards. Now, I know that Jones had a down year. But the first two years he was in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, I mean, you could be looking at this guy like a, a late first-round talent. I mean, he was going off. And quite frankly, I was so excited when we brought him in. There was a time last season where I actually wanted him off the team. But, I mean, he bounced back. But, you know, but Zay Jones has it. Aitman. Now, Aitman, Aitman is interesting because Aitman's a big-bodied receiver. Uh, he played with Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State. Uh, the, you know, they, um, coaching staff really liked him at the beginning of 2018. You know, it's, uh, they think he's a good fit on like a, on the, on a big outside physical receiver. Uh, Amen's not very physical, but he's a possession type of receiver, but he's been buried down the depth chart. Like there's no tomorrow. I mean, he just, he didn't do much. I mean, look at, look at, look at, you guys want to hear stats last year? You ready for this? One reception, five yards. That's it. That's it. That just goes to show you how deep down the depth charts this man is, even despite all the uh, uh, receiver injuries we had last year. It's crazy, right? Um, so there's that. Now, over his career, he's had uh, uh, 20 receptions and 270 yards. Now, let me correct, or correct myself on the last stat I just gave. I read it wrong. Um, 
2019, Mark Stoyman had five receptions for 116 yards. Same thing, still. And then Keelan Doss. Now, last year I was a big Keelan Doss guy. I actually loved the way he played. I thought he would be a great addition to us in the slot and stuff, and I, I knew he had the physicality and the tools to do it. I was really hoping that the coaching staff would have took time to develop him. And, I mean, uh, if you guys remember, the Jaguars actually took him from us for, like, two weeks. And uh, I really, I was really hoping that maybe Jacksonville would have developed his traits. In fact, I was so pissed when we cut him. You know, I watched Keelan Doss on Hard Knocks, and I was, I really enjoyed Keelan Doss. I was I was a big fan. You know what? Let me tell you guys something. Embarrassing and Raider moment. I was such a fan of Keelan Doss's play at uh, – God, where did he play in college? I honestly don't even remember. Um, uh, I think it was – God, I want to say Cal. Somebody's going to have to correct me on that one. Um, but, I mean, I was such a fan, you know. He could run the bubble screens for us and everything. The Raiders didn't care. They let him go. They let him go. Uh, I know it was probably one of the, the most tough cut they had. he had to make. Uh, Mike Mayock last year referenced his cut. As to having tears in his eyes uh, when he was cutting DOS. Crazy, right? Anyways, so the Jaguars uh, came back and swooped him up. And I was pissed. Anyways, I was such a fan of him after Hard Knocks. I almost bought his jersey. Could you imagine how embarrassing that would have been? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, um. Anyways, we ended up having to pay a party penny from J- for, uh, to Jacksonville just to get him back. And they didn't do much with him, man. He was another one of those guys that was just buried down the depth chart. Um, you know, it's uh, quite sad. Uh, he had his best game in London against the Bears last year. Overall, this season, he had 11 receptions for 133 yards. So, and that's just, it's sad. I mean, how could you not uh, bring up these guys with a bunch of skill, a bunch of improving guys, and not give him a chance, but yet you're giving Rico Gafford no disrespect to Rico Gafford. I mean, his speed is generational. Uh, you know, how are you giving how are you giving him the chance when you can be giving all these actual receiver guys a chance? I mean, Rico Gafford played defensive back his first two years in the league, so give Marshall Aitman and Keenan Doss a chance, and we'll be straight. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They did not do it. That was actually kind of sad. Um, and overall, just because I know that Zay Jones is a more established receiver, I think he wins. And I'm actually going to be really sad to see Doss go because I'm a big Doss fan, but I think he needs to go get his money somewhere else. He needs to go, he needs to go start his career somewhere else where he's actually appreciated. So, um, I think that Zay Jones wins that one and Raiders fans feel agrees with me. He says, I'm a big fan of Jones. Him, him and Carr have been putting in the work. This offseason, too. So, yeah, there's that, you know. But, um, honestly, guys, that's pretty much it. Some more training camp notes I have for you guys. Only three Raiders left it out. And unless you care about our cornerback seven, our defensive back six, I mean, our defensive end six, and, uh, like, our linebacker eight, Jeremiah Valdoga, uh, DJ Killings, and who is the other guy that left it out? There was another guy that opted out. Let me see. Hold on. There was another guy that opted out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, three Raiders opt out of the upcoming season. I gotta go fast because I'm about to get cut off here. Um, by the way, guys, no fans this season. Quite sad, but um, all I know is DJ Killings and uh, Jeremiah Valdoga, and there was another guy out there. I can't even. I honestly can't. I don't even remember his name. But uh, those guys all opted out. Not big loss. So they were all probably gonna get cut anyway. But there's the oh yeah, uh, Yumiki Okungwe was the one that was the one that opted out. He was the linebacker. But all those guys were probably gonna get cut. So it didn't matter. Um, Gruden noted that. Uh, sorry, Greg also noted two things. One that we're probably gonna have Lynn Bowden Jr. play some quarterback in the on in the off- offense this year. Uh, Lynn Bowden's versatile. Uh, Henry Ruggs will probably play the slot this year. They're probably going to move him around. Sounds good to me. I don't know what they're going to do with Hunter Renfro. Maybe put him on the outside. I'm excited to see that. But, uh, yeah. Um, other than that, though, guys, other than that, though, everybody watching. I appreciate you guys watching, and I'll see you guys next time on Chill Talk, your number one growing podcast for the Las Vegas Raiders.